these uh, readings today make me think of that song by the group R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it. Except maybe they don't make you feel fine. A couple hundred years before Christ, people were telling stories about this man Jonah and the destruction of the city of Nineveh. Then John the Baptist appears on the scene and his message is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And Jesus also comes with a very similar message. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. 30 years later, St. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he says, the world as we know it is passing away. 3,000 years before that, the Mayans created a calendar. Remember the story of the Mayan calendar that lasted for 5,125 years, ending in the year 2012. And so in 2012, there was great panic around the world because there was a theory that said, a prediction, that when the calendar ended, that would be the end of the world. And there's so many predictions like that end of world predictions that don't make us feel fine. I actually looked them up. Listen to these. In the year 365, the French bishop, Hilary of Poitiers, predicted that the world would end that same year, 365. In the year 992, Good Friday coincided with the Feast of the Annunciation on March 25th, and many believe that that would bring forth the end of the world. In the 16th century, there was a German astrologer, Johannes Steffler, who predicted that a great flood would cover the world on February 25th, 1524. In 1831, there was a man named William Miller who preached that the world would come to an end in 1843. This guy attracted as many as 100,000 followers. When nothing happened, Miller recalculated and predicted that it would happen the following year, 1844. There was a man named Harold Camping, you may, may have heard of him, who predicted that the, he predicted the end of the world 12 times. In 1992, he predicted that the world would end on May 21st, 2011. I think I remember this because when it didn't happen, he recalculated and pushed the date to October 21st, 2011. And of course, I can't help but think of, of Y2K. Remember in, in, in 1999 when everyone thought that the world would come to an end on, you know, as, at the beginning of the year 2000 because of the millennium bug that would um, affect all the computers around the world and cause mass chaos. That same year in 1999, there was a prediction that the, Earth, the, the Earth's axis would shift. Do you remember this? and cause mass destruction all over the world. There's so many, I mean, this is just a few of them. Wikipedia lists some 200 end of world predictions. And this year, I mean, we continue hearing them. There's, there's, there's all these theories about, you know, connecting the coronavirus with the, the World Economic Forum and the rise of Islam and Bill Gates and the vaccine and the Great Reset and Donald Trump and uh, ISIS and Joe Biden 
and the, the Google and Facebook and WhatsApp changing their terms of of, uh, of engagement, of agree their agreement, and it all comes together and points to the end of the world. So this is not nothing nothing new, and people believe these things. In 2012, the year of the the Mayan apocalypse, Ipsos conducted a re, uh, a poll across 20 countries, and they found that 15% of the world's population actually believe that the world would come to an end in their own lifetime. 15%. We believe this, but we know that this is not a new thing. There's probably been end of world predictions since the time of Noah, but they've all been wrong. They've all been wrong, except maybe for the first three that we mentioned this morning, the three that we heard in the readings today. And those are not wrong because they are not talking about the end of the world. Jesus is not talking about the end of the world. In fact, he himself says in the Gospel of Matthew that no one knows the day nor the hour, not even the sun. He is the sun. So no one can predict the end of the world because no one knows. And that's not the point. When Jesus says this is the time of fulfillment, he's not talking about the end. He's talking about a different time. When Jonah goes to Nineveh to tell the Ninevites that in 40 days their city will be destroyed, he's not talking about the time of destruction or the time of the end. It's the time of mercy. When Paul writes to the Corinthians to tell them that the world as we know it is passing by, he's not talking about the time of the end. He's talking about the time for focusing less on the things of this earth and focusing more on the things of heaven. When Jesus is talking about the time of fulfillment, he's not talking about the end. He's talking about the beginning. The time of fulfillment is the beginning. If, if, if Jesus was talking about the end of the world, the next thing he would have done would not have been to go make disciples. He's talking about the beginning. We are in the end times. That is what the church teaches. But we have been in the end times for 2,000 years. And we're going to be in the end times until Jesus Christ comes and gathers us all to bring us home. That is what the church teaches. Those of you that were downstairs in the parish hall with me on Christmas Eve would have heard me say that God's plan for salvation begins with the creation of the world and all that time until the birth of Christ is, is a preparation, like a rehearsal, until the birth of Christ. But with the birth of Christ, we're no longer preparing. It's no longer rehearsal. It's showtime. It's the beginning. That's why Jesus says that this is the time of fulfillment. And we are still in that time. Remember during Advent that we were preaching on the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love? 
will remember what St. Paul says about them, that these three will remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest one of these is love. Do you know why love is the greatest? Because when we get to heaven, you will not need faith or hope. The only thing that we will need is love. The only thing that will remain is love. That's how we will know that we are at the end, when the only thing that remains is love. And we're not there yet. That's why this time of fulfillment is a great time to repent. This is a great time, any time is a great time to repent. 2,000 years ago was a great time to convert. 500 years ago was a great time to change our ways. Any time, every time is a good time to follow Christ, to begin following Christ, to turn our lives to God. Last year during the during the, the, that major lockdown of the pandemic, Pope Francis wrote a book. It's called Let Us Dream. And in the book, Pope Francis says that everyone in their life at some point goes through what he calls a personal COVID, a COVID experience. And these are times in our lives When we, when we experience a crisis that forces us to stop or forces us to slow down or forces us to change our ways or to change direction, it forces us to make difficult choices. And he says that these, those times are times of great suffering. But if we let them change us, we come out better. If we dig in and refuse to change, then we come out much worse. Are we going to let this time make us better? This time of fulfillment. This time is a great time to repent, to turn back to God. This time is a great time for less social media and more scripture and more spiritual reading and not on your tablet. A real good book within a comfy chair. This time is a, is a great time for less Netflix and more quiet prayer. This time is a great time for focusing less on conspiracy theories and, and end-of-the-world predictions and focusing more on what's good and beautiful and true in the world. This time is a good time for, for more listening and for more caring and for more family. This time is a good time to, 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 to think about the 230 million people around the world that are suffering hunger and starvation because of this pandemic. It's the end of the world for them. This time is a good time to begin doing something for them, and some of them are right here in our community. This time is a good time 
for, 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 for planting the seed of faith in the life of someone, for strengthening someone's faith. This time is a good time for lighting a candle of hope for someone. This time is a good time for more love. This time is a great time to follow Christ, to turn our lives to God. Any time is a good time for all those things. Any time is a good time to go make disciples. Any time is a good time to go and announce the gospel of the Lord. We are in the end times, but it's not the end of the world. Although, when you turn your life to God, I guess it does feel like it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine.